This program is brought to you by FortuneCopilot.com. FortuneCopilot.com is a place where smart business owners discover world-leading ideas to accelerate their business. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Business, UK's premier program for current and future entrepreneurs. I'm Alan Coote. On the program this week, owning and running a business has its highs and lows. Ask any entrepreneur to share with you one important thing that they've learned and I can tell you, you're likely to get a lesson in life. This is the premise, though, of a new book which aims to bring together dozens of lessons from the front line of being an entrepreneur. We speak to its author shortly. Now, I bet if you took a moment to think about how much time at work you actually spent getting things done, you may be surprised how little it is. Of course, there's interruption from people, the phone, email, and so on. But as we'll hear shortly, quite a bit of wasted time is down to how you and I manage our day. Don't worry, we have an expert in time, perhaps a time lord, to help us get back valuable hours every week. Josh Alex from fortunecobalite.com is also here. What have you got this week? What's the best way to get in front of new and existing audiences? How do we keep them engaged and how do we ensure that they tell others about us? The answer is simple. I'm sure it is. And we reveal one of the most amazing and useful statistics I think that we've ever had on the show. Now that's building it up, isn't it? All of that and much more coming up on this week's Let's Talk Business. Now, I bet if I asked you to share a really valuable lesson that you'd learned, you'd have no problem giving me maybe one, two or even more. Steve Foster had the idea to gather these lessons from entrepreneurs and produce a book called One Golden Nugget. He's in the studio with us now. Steve, now I know you're producing this book right now, but I think it's fair to say that you have learned a few things from running your own businesses. Now, I don't think, to be honest, that we've had many people on the show who have had such a varied career as you. Uh, let me see now, record producer, worked with Duncan Ballantyne from Dragon's Den, even started a boy band you got to tell me how that came about well i was i was in my early 20s and i'd always been a musician i've been gigging around pubs locally learning my craft it was when take that were just about to explode and i just really wanted to be gary barlow go out there and, and be in a boy band so it was like well what do i do well I, I just set up my own boy band you know and we started making some records and so i just started phoning up people and all of a sudden i found ourselves supporting people like peter andre and pj and duncan ant and deck obviously we're running around and doing gigs and you know screaming girls and making records and it was just amazing it was the thing i'd, I'd always wanted to do then it just stopped, really. I start for these, I think, actually, do you know, that's slightly harder than it looks. And also you need a damn sight, a whole load of good luck on your side. Was there sort of that, that realisation for you about the, the singing and the boy band bit that wasn't, you think, ah, this isn't going to work? No, I absolutely believed it would work. But I think you're right. What it takes is focus. And at that point, for, for whatever reason, I got into dance music and I started promoting dance events called Dreamscape, which then turned out to pretty much start the rave scene in the country and I ended up promoting um, dance events for 15,000, 20,000 people and it turned into a huge business within a few years and that really replaced that. A lot of people made a lot of money out of the rave scene. 
they did and I did as well I mean fortunes you know you're selling 20,000 tickets at 40 pound you know it's a lot of money and we were doing three or four events a year and I had a record label and TV advertised compilations and merchandise and uh, it just went on and on and on the error I made was I wanted to take it to the next level and what I should have done is just relax and just enjoy what I was doing so I started taking huge risks And actually, I believed at that point to be successful, to be an entrepreneur, you had to take huge risks. So that's what I did. So I started taking huge risks and I started losing lots of money and eventually I went bust. So at that point, I'm in my early 30s and and I've got absolutely nothing. You know, I waved goodbye to my portion. It was, you know, I've absolutely crashed. Looking back now, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but, like your optimism. But, but well, but at the time it wasn't. It was it was it was really depressing. So th- at that point, I had to then uh, I had a family to feed. I had to go and earn some money. So I, I, and and I thought, well, what can I do? If I get into a, a regular job, that could well be me doing that for the rest of my days. And I didn't want to do that. I was always a creative person and wanted to wanted to achieve. So I thought, well, I'll just go and get a job. So I, went and I was a cleaner in a factory, you know, sweeping floors and cleaning toilets. And having been wealthy in my mid-twenties, that was, that was a real experience. But actually, looking back now, at the time, it was, it was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because it taught me humility. It's very difficult when you're maybe 25, 26 and driving a Porsche and you've got money flowing. And you think you're God's gift. And I did, to be fair. So by the time I got to my early 30s and I'm absolutely broke and I'm earning £5 an hour, it taught me humility and it taught me that I was no no better than anybody else and I just worked hard to get to where I was. But I certainly, I wasn't special in any way. You know, I'm a total believer these days that everyone is gifted, everyone is special. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Your message really is, is that even though there is a disaster around the corner there, you can take something from it. Absolutely, you're banking the experiences and that's changing fundamentally who you are in terms of your brain chemistry, your ability to be able to see things in terms of intuition. You just sense things sometimes. So you're absolutely right. You know, from a position of sweeping floors, all of a sudden it was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I was like, well, I want to be a songwriter. So within six months or something, I signed a publishing deal with BMG, who are now Sony, and, and I went off writing songs. And I just did it in my, my usual fashion. And that was, well, I'll get on a plane and I'll go and work with some of the world's best uh, they don't care they don't know me I'll just turn up and do my thing and literally I was you know I was there with Puff Daddy in his studio in in New York with Mary J Blige and writing songs and and then through one way or another I found myself working on X Factor you know I managed some of the acts on that I was writing songs for some of the acts on X Factor and it was it was really because I just I, I had this insane belief that actually I could do it and I wrote some amazing songs to be fair you know and had hits you know all, all over the world and it was a great thing let's talk about the book then let's yeah. talk about how that came about Absolutely. so uh, it's called one golden nugget uh, tell me about the idea well the idea was that through my experiences of creating amazing things and then and then having ex- incredibly difficult moments either creating them or after they'd finished I often look back and uh, realise that I learned a lot of life lessons during those moments. For example, when I was sweeping floors, I learned humility. Um, when I was working with Duncan Bannatyne and that didn't work, I, I learned the fact that actually I needed to improve in certain areas. 
so the belief was that, it, that in every negative situation there's a positive and there must be it's called the law of polarity it can't be left without right up without a down so if something's negative there must be something good about it and I thought, well, why don't we go out and ask, you know, small business owners and entrepreneurs and celebrities for their one golden nugget, you know, the life lesson they've learned in that time of crisis that they can share with us and we can put it into a book and then we can share with other people. You know, if you're a young person starting a business, what a great book to read. You know, you can glean some real quality information from people that have done it. So, so that's what we started to do. And it's not just that you're looking for people who had a similar experience to you, that the, the massive highs and the, the massive lows. You're looking for maybe something a little bit more people have found and discovered along the way that it's not just the real highs and the real lows. No, no it's the day-to-day. The day-to-day, right. Because it's the day-to-day that makes the success of a business. It's the tiny, tiny elements that, that create the, the whole. Will Smith says, you know, if you want to create a brick wall, you just focus doing it brick by brick make sure that brick's perfectly aligned and that's the point if you're running a small business every day you're learning life lessons some of them are big some of them are small but and it's about looking at those objectively and then taking action to improve them and and, and keep going and that's how and that's how i believe you become successful there is a purpose to this book though it's not just about gathering the nuggets and then having it in a book the purpose of the book is actually in some respects mental health and I, I think that running a small business, running a big business, running any business can be challenging to your mental health. So we're we're giving all the proceeds of the book to a charity called Young Minds that work with kids in terms of pr- improving their mental health. Why? Because they're the next generation of business owners and the next generation of employees. And I've always suffered with my mental health myself. It's, it's fine at the moment, but it there have been times where it's been poor. And... Um, y- you know, I, I think it's certainly if you're running a business, it can be challenging. I've had days where I've got to drag myself out of bed and just go, come on, let's do it again. We've had emails from business owners since we've been doing it that share that idea. And I feel for them. You know, I really do because I've been through it myself. And it is challenging. You know, you've got to deal with the revenue. You've got to deal with staff. You've got to deal with supplies. You've got to create a product that makes money. And you, these days, especially with the Internet, everybody knows everything. Everything's transparent. It's a lot more difficult to do business now than when I started in the early 90s where I was a middleman and you could duck and dive and make a few quid. And it, that was fine. But nowadays, everyone has the knowledge. So to create a business that actually works and adds benefit and it, it you know is beautiful in terms of its delivery takes a lot of work it doesn't happen overnight again that's something i learned from x factor is looking at some of the contestants on there you know i think it sends out uh, the wrong message to young people that they can get on a show like that and be successful that's not how it happens there may be three or four people in in, in the course of a year that, that get lucky for most people we, we've got to grind but there i learned another life lesson it's let it go that's one of the most important things you can do in life is just let it go. And I learned that from Warwick Davis, actually. And that was, you know, do your best in the moment and love what you're doing right now. But don't focus on the outcome because you can't change effects. You can only change the cause. So, so it was work with the causes and don't worry about what the outcome is. And I know that's difficult sometimes and I, I still suffer with it. I want it like that. I want it to be, you know, it's, this is, that, you know, forget that. Just focus on, on doing your best and then the effect kind of takes care of itself and warwick davis is actually uh, involved in this book he's contributing yeah we got we i bugged him yeah. i hadn't spoken to him for six months 
And that came actually from an interesting, uh, this is another another golden nugget. Somebody phoned me last week, uh, prank call, and they're like, uh, oh yeah, we can get you on Good Morning Britain, we're Warwick Davis's agent, because I'd done a video about trying to get to Warwick. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So, and I thought, no, no, this is not real. So I phoned up Warwick, I was like, Warwick, because I had his number, is your, name, is your agent called blah, blah, blah? He's like, no. And I told him the story, and he was like, oh, you know. He's, oh, I'll send you a nugget then. So he sent me a nugget and um, bless him. So we've got that. That's going in the book. And now he's going to do us a short story for, for the book as well about, you know, some of the challenges he's been through. And the man's incredible. Yeah. It, you know, so that's another example of somebody doing a prank call, a negative situation and turned it into a positive. It's like, OK, well, you know, what can we do with this? Well, you know, we'll find the good in it. And that was where it came up with a nugget and, and amazing. If people want to get involved, how do they do that? visit the website onegoldennugget.com very easy indeed Steve it's been a pleasure talking to you I wish you every success with this you're going to come back with the book uh, printed you. yeah definitely I am yeah. you, I want you in it as well yeah, well I'll think of one yeah I'll, I need I'll, your nugget yeah okay I'll do that thank you Josh Alex from Fortune Copilot in the studio with me now. A couple of weeks ago, or probably a little bit more than that, you actually covered an item which was the most powerful word in the English language was because. However, that may not be the most powerful word as it turns out in video. Yeah, there's a, a new study out that suggests that it's a different word. Now, what I love, before I tell you about it, is low-hanging fruit. I love the, the little bits that I come across where such a small change, one would argue because I'm lazy, can make such a huge difference. And according to a recent study, YouTube videos that contain the word you in the first five seconds had view counts that were 97% higher than videos that did not mention the word. I want to let that sink in just a moment. You are saying, there you go, you are saying that the survey says that if you have the word you in the first five seconds, did you say? I did, yeah. Five seconds of a video. The word you in the first five seconds of an online video, it has 97% more views than a video without the word you in the first five seconds. I know it does seem crazy, but they've analysed 30,000 videos uploaded last year, and that is the statistic that they've reached. Interestingly, actually, if you look at the full results, saying you five times in the first 30 seconds causes nearly 300% more views. So, obviously, you've got to be in the context. You can't just go, you do this, you do that. That is an amazing nugget of information. Hugely valuable. And it's not just the word you. Variations such as your, yourselves, and uh, even y'all. Y'all. So you can tell it's American. Y'all do this. Exactly. Uh, Also (laughs) increase video engagement. Back in the day when you went to radio school, this is way before your time, by the way, uh, they did actually say that you remember you are talking to one person just one person and i think this is a reflection on that now in the modern age if you like uh, coming through on, on youtube a lot of youtubers actually don't do that do they 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 just actually whack it out and ignore the actual audience and the fact that they uh, are trying to engage with that audience at a very personal level Perhaps they're missing a trick. Of course, if you want to go and find out more information about this, then uh, we'll be posting a link to all the details on our Twitter page. If you head over to Twitter and search for at LTB show and be sure to follow us whilst you're there and you'll find the uh, the link to the, the details on this study. <laughs> 
This program is brought to you by FortuneCopilot.com. FortuneCopilot.com is the place where smart business owners discover world-leading ideas which accelerate their business. You're listening to Let's Talk Business, UK's premier program for current and future entrepreneurs. I'm Alan Coote. Still to come on this week's program. I bet if you took a moment to think how much time at work you spent actually getting things done, you may be surprised how little it is. Now, of course, there's many interruptions that we have from the phone, email and other people, of course. But as we'll hear shortly, the amount of time that we waste during our day is most likely down to us. Don't worry, we have a Time Lord in the studio who's going to help us get back those valuable hours every week. Josh from FortuneCopilot.com is here with this week's Business Insight. What's the best way to get in front of new and existing audiences? How do we keep them engaged and how do we ensure that they tell others about us? The answer is simple. Looking forward to all of that still to come on this week's Let's Talk Business. Did you know a staggering 60% of workers waste at least one hour of company time each day? I'm joined now by business consultant Sue Binoak, who helps people get the most out of their day. Sue, thanks for coming in. Now, you say that the culprits for these distractions are what you call time vampires. Where did that term come from? It's a line stolen from Dan Kennedy in a book he wrote, No BS Time Management. And it's literally just talking about the stuff that sucks the life out of your business. Which is time, of course. Yeah, we've all got the same amount of time, but we just don't use it very effectively. Where are we going wrong then? We all try and get too much stuff done. We try to do too much in a short space of time. We write endless lists and the lists just never end and we don't prioritise them. We are constantly interrupted and we spend time doing stuff that doesn't take us to the cash. So we waste time. So the idea is that we you allocate time and how do you work out the priorities? Basically, you start with what you're trying to achieve. So it's really important that you have really clearly defined goals because if you know what you're trying to achieve, then everything you do in your working day is geared towards achieving those goals. And so, the goals aren't just the items on the list? Are they no, the bigger big, goals? Or? Big goals, right, big okay. goals, and I then break them down way. into smaller, manageable chunks and action steps that are going to take you to the big goals. So partly it's about having the goals, partly it's about understanding the value of your time in real pounds, shillings and pence. So knowing what your time is worth to decide whether an action is worth your while doing it. And can we be productive all of the time then? Surely not. No, I think the reality is no, we have to be realistic about that. But we can be a lot more productive than we are if we allocate the time during the day to do the right things so that you don't have too much in one day that you're just never going to achieve because it sets you up to fail. Whereas if you've got a time frame for doing something and you get it done, it makes you feel good about it. You mentioned emails. Of course, that is one of the big time drags. Huge problem. (laughs) Well, we'll come to how we deal with that in a second. But what are the other big ones? Email certainly one. Sounds awful to say, but staff, clients, telephone calls, although they're a really important part of your business, they're constantly interrupting you. And on average... If you are interrupted in a train of thought, it takes about 21 minutes to get back on track. So if you have a phone call 
and you take it and you stop what you're doing, you take the call, it takes about 21 minutes to get really back into the zone again. So three interruptions and you've lost an hour. And the open door policy then, that's now closed. That door is now firmly closed. <laughs> Absolutely. I've upset quite a few people by saying open door policy should be a thing of the past. But basically it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the person who wants to come and see you because they don't have your undivided attention. So if you can say to them, do you know what? Stick an appointment in the diary, come back and see me. Half an hour of my time is entirely yours. Isn't that a bit harsh, though? You go, they come in and they've they've probably thought, oh, I've got, I've got to go see the boss. It's a touchy subject. Have you got a minute, boss? And then the boss says, actually, no. I think it's about educating people. So when they understand that unless it's life or death situation, don't interrupt, book a time, think about it what often happens is they'll go away and quite often they'll solve the problem themselves anyway and so that just disappears or they'll come to you with a far more ordered discussion and it would be much more beneficial for both of you. Right, let's go on to that email thing then. Best way of organising your day around email? Have a time slot for dealing with them. There is no such thing as an urgent email. Don't open the box every time it pings just because you think you're popular. Take time out of the day to have a certain amount of time, whether it be half an hour, 15 minutes, even if you do that two or three times a day, just to deal with emails. And if the email isn't important, just bin it. We're sort of slave to time. And I know for a fact that it can affect many people mentally, thinking that I am never going to get all this done. And the pressure of it just gets a lot too much for quite a few people. Yeah, it's one of the biggest stressors in the working day is too much to do and not enough time to do it in. But again, the reality is we all have the same amount of time. If you block time out and you start to work out how long do I think that's going to take me and put that into your planned day, over a period of time, you get into the habit of doing that and you only have in your diary the things that can be achieved in a day. And that takes a huge amount of stress away. And if you have stuff that's really important that you're not going to be able to get done in a day because you've looked at it, you can think, well, that needs to be done. Who can do that for me? How can I pass that on? Delegate. Absolutely. I like that. (laughs) Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely fascinating. Sue, thank you. For more information on this and the other topics featured in today's show, head over to our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. This is Anna Goot from Let's Talk Business and Josh Alex from Fortune Copilot is here with us. Now, Josh, uh, this week talking about video. We are. I think uh, technology in general, not just videos, come on leaps and bounds in a very small amount of time. And very few would argue against me when I say that for the most part, it's bettered our lives. Whether that be mobile phones and computer technology, social networking, healthcare advancements, perhaps the biggest of them all, of course, the internet. Yet we are perhaps becoming slaves to our technology. (laughs) We nourish our need to have an electronic device in our hand or a screen in front of us. And a study last year actually found out that the average person spends almost nine hours of their day in front of a screen. Now, that's 20 minutes more than the average night's sleep. I recognise that. Without a word of a lie, my wife and I were sitting in front of the TV and we were thinking, this is quite a tedious programme. Won't tell you what we were watching. And then we actually thought to ourselves, hmm, I wonder if anything's on on the old Sky Planner. Nothing. We had nothing. Anything on the box sets? Nothing. Anything on, on Amazon Prime? Well, there is. But then we thought to ourselves, 
Whoa, hold on a minute. We've just spent, both my wife and I, the best part of our working days in front of a screen. We've had dinner watching TV and then we're sat down watching TV. And so we thought to ourselves, that is it. Switch off. Switch off the screens. Switch off the technology. So we did and we went for a walk. We felt better for it as well. Indeed. Now, given that we've just established how much time people do spend in front of their screens, don't or, you think... Or Alan Coote does, at least. Well, yeah, at least Alan Coote does. Don't you think now, as business owners, we should be making more of a concerted effort to get on people's screens? We should be doing everything we can to promote ourselves online, from social media to blog posts to probably the most powerful of them all, as you've mentioned, video. Yep. The importance of video is backed by some very impressive statistics that I've got here. 92% of us that have watched a video on our mobile devices has also shared that video with others. That's 92% of people have shared a video. What's brilliant about video content online is that through the power of social media, you can reach a massive audience that you would never have otherwise reached. Now, let's work through an example. If I had a 1,000 Facebook likes on my company's page and I posted a video and two people came along and decided to share it with each of their 500 friends, yeah. I would have reached double the amount of people. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing, the multiplier effect. Exactly. Put simply, all I need is 0.2% of my 1,000 Facebook likes to share my video and I've doubled my audience. Now, can I just pick you up on this? This is not just people like you are in your 20s. It's of all ages that are sharing these videos. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Do you share a video? When was the last time you shared something on, on social media? Do you know, now you mention it, actually, it was this morning. Probably something of a, of a small kitten, was it? No, actually, it wasn't. It was, uh, was work-related, actually, and it was very interesting. One of those little interesting clips that you find, you think, oh, that's worth sharing with all my business contacts, even on Facebook. Well, there we go. No animals involved. Though. No animals involved. Right, now, let's imagine if the figures were a lot higher than my 1,000 Facebook likes. If I had 10,000 Facebook likes on my page and 100 people shared it, the numbers would be huge. So why can't I do the same with my blog post or my pictures? Now, the answer is you can, but the share rate with videos on social media is much higher than written content. It's just the case that videos go viral a lot more often than anything else. Let's not fight it. Instead, let's run with it and hop on this video bandwagon. I like the way that you've said bandwagon because that would mean to most people that are probably listening to this is that it's here today, gone tomorrow. But in fairness, I think you and certainly me have been talking about this for the last four, five, maybe six years or more. Yeah, video traffic is certainly not declining yet. And in fact, Cisco, the international technology company, announced the other day that they reckon in the next few years, 80% of the world's internet traffic is going to be made up of video. So before you take your phone out of your pocket and ask Jeff in the corner of the office to film you whilst you tell the camera why your business is great, stop and think, right? What's the quality of this going to be like? Is it compelling to watch? What impression does this actually give of my company? You wouldn't go to a networking meeting with your name and number written down on a scruffy post-it note instead of a nicely printed business card, would you? And that's because it would give the wrong impression to potential clients. And it's the same with video, whether it's a B2B or a B2C company you're running. Having a professional video produced is an absolute must. And if somebody wants to go about getting that video produced, what would their first steps be? 
Well, first steps, look online at your competition and also leaders in your industry. What videos are they producing and what's their message? Decide what style of video would best suit your company. A talking head to camera, an animated graphics video or some sort of short fly-on-the-wall documentary or one of the many other styles. Each video style sends a slightly different message and sometimes a combination of one or more of these could be the most effective. And then get in touch with a video production company. Professional videos are not always cheap depending on a lot of factors such as the duration or the number of production days or whether you need actors, presenters, specialist graphics, etc, etc, etc. Video, however, can have a huge return on investment. So before you get a friend with a camera to do the video for you for cheap, think about the damage that a poorly produced video could do to your company. Dear listener, you may not know this, but Josh actually has produced how many hundreds of videos? Quite a few. Quite a few hundreds of videos. So he, I, I take on board exactly what you're saying, and you're right about the, the business card thing. Having a scrappy bit of paper as a business card isn't going to really work, is it? It isn't. And definitely a scrappy video as well. That is great, and thanks very much for that. This information is part of Fortune Copilot, I guess. It is. If you head over to fortunecopilot.com, You'll see all the details about joining Fortune Copilot. It's a fantastic membership site. We share with you information like this and a lot of other things that's going to be really, really useful, whether you're just starting out on your entrepreneurial journey or whether you're you're almost at success. We've got stuff that is definitely going to help you. That's excellent. That's really fantastic. Thank you very much, Josh. Lovely. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, then you can head over to the program's website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. That's letstalkbusinessonline.com. That's about it for this week week as always it has been a massive pleasure having you listening into the show if you want to get in touch with us couldn't be easier absolutely couldn't be easier hop over onto twitter we are at ltb show that's at ltb show on twitter let us know what you're up to if you want to feature on the show we've got something to comment on then that is the place to go to do it and we will almost certainly in fact we will certainly not almost but we will certainly reply to you if you're joining us on twitter that's it we are genuinely out of here now i'm alan cooch you can follow me on twitter at the alan cooch this program was edited by sean burns and it's a monogram media production we will see you next time This program was brought to you by FortuneCopilot.com. FortuneCopilot.com is the place where smart business owners discover world-leading ideas to accelerate their business.